Hey, nerds. We are able to keep VentureForth ad-free thanks to our amazing patrons. To help keep this podcast free of ads, check out our Patreon. Link in our description. Hi. I'm Alma. Thessaly. Zika. Shreya. Blynn. Kellek. And I'm your DM, Ethan. Welcome to VentureForth. Previously, you all had ventured south towards a lighthouse where Thessaly had instructed you all that they were taken to perform various experiments. Once getting to this lighthouse, Shreya was quick to depart the party and send a massive beam of energy into the sky, signaling some crows that he had talked to earlier that that was his current location. The rest of the party had gone down deep underneath this lighthouse to find a cave filled with laboratory equipment and experiments of some sorts. Helic had rummaged through a series of papers seeming to document some of the contestants of these trials. And after some inspection and after some destruction, you began to hear what seemed to be a motorized minecart or something of the sort heading into a tunnel nearby. While quickly departed, headed back up towards the surface and rejoined with the rest of your party. As you all are standing outside now, breathing in the air from the sea right next to you, still seeing the lighthouse off in the distance, what would you all like to do? Still, uh, if we're going to take on such an imposing threat as some sort of nest of these creatures, say. I do think it's wise if we were to prepare. So, um, we have the city at our disposal. Is, is there anything you lot can think of we should uh, get ready before we go? Um, well, we can go back to the hut. Maybe Lyra has some kind of potions or equipment that we might be able to purchase even. Then is there some iron light resource we could use to learn more about uh, these creatures? I mean, I mean, we, we could have checked Kaylin's book, but she's gone. Um, and there's no way for me to really reach anyone. Right. Um, I... I'll pull out my book and flip through it, but I don't think... I don't know if there's anything about Mind Flayers. Not in your book. No. Oh, oh yeah. I... Yeah, it's just, it's just what I write down. Um... I mean, you could potentially send a message to Melaru and, and ask, but I mean, or Zor, Zorkal. Um, who else have you seen? No, no not Chath. <laughs> Do you know if Mind Flayers are treated as monsters in the Iron Lights? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, you started to say Chath, and we could ask him oh. and Hayfried well, if they know anything. Yeah. I mean, they're not but a hop, skip, and a jump away. I think I'd want to have more of a conversation with him, too, though. Well, I mean, we could talk now and talk later. It's not like he's going anywhere. I don't know. We thought Hayfried's things are (laughs) 
perfect, but it seems that you can break out of things. So I, I don't know how long we'll have him until he's strong enough to leave on his own, maybe? I'm not sure. Can't take anything for granted, that's for sure. I mean, that might be the best bet, though. Maybe Hayfrey knows. Just some tricks and tips. On how to kill these things? Is that or, what we're saying? How or to not die. Safe. How to not die would be... Preferable. Good. Good, Absolutely. yeah. That, that was a condition for joining. <coughs> for me. <laughs> was it? For him, it was. Yes. I feel like we addressed that with this sort of, sort of we, we unknown did. nature of... Yeah, I thought, I thought we kind of talked about that. What? No promises. We'll try you know? to honor it, Seeker. I just don't know. I mean, I promise. won't kill you. I can't promise will that either. Try not to. Better than nothing. If we're going to a cave or caves, maybe we should look at provisions like food, light. Not everybody can see. And uh, seasonings in case we want to cook up these foes when we're done with them. Oh, I, um, I don't think that's wise. You know, I. Pretty much ran through that whole cave, and um, I didn't need to spend more than a couple hours in there, so it's not like a massive cave. I mean, maybe it is once you go into the like doorway to the nest, but like uh, it's not like a massive cave. And I could see pretty well. From like, what, yeah, what I couldn't see like so far, far, but like it was fine. What exactly is our goal here, though? I, I, we've talked about maybe killing what's inside because it sounds like they did some terrible things. Um, it seems like this is linked to the larger issue, but what is, what do we want to do when we get in there? I thought we wanted to know why they wanted your blood. Well, I would like to know that, but I don't know if the answer to that is in this well, cave. But I thought that you saw your mind flare get on a boat. Yes. With another person and go away. Why well, did? And I saw a mind flare get off a boat with another person and go into the cave. So one plus two equals three. Yes. Th- right. I I just want to make sure we're not going in willy nilly and maybe accidentally hurting some people that don't deserve it. Um, there was no people in there that I saw. I oh. think that's potentially up for debate. We, we don't know the nature of these, the presence of these mind flayers. I, uh, they give me the spooks, uh, for sure, but I, I don't know that much about them. The spooks? Aye, the spooks. They scare they're, you? They're the yeah, scare. I uh, looked at them. I, I have, I just, I, you've... I mean, the way that the, that the tentacle kind of, you know, it's, no, it's when they, they, even when they're just standing still, it kind of does a little curl. It's gross, mm-hmm. but... Okay, my point was... <laughs> We no. don't have to kill it. You can just ask why it wanted your blood. And there was nothing else in there other than like a oh. bunch of cubes. We know that Kodam Vo is a lieutenant of some sort to the Breadwolf, right? Yes. He was consorting with a Mind Flayer that we know of. Uh, you assume they're connected. That's what. That's the main thing we want to find out. We want to find out is if Is there a connection? And then stop it. So Break it's investigative primarily, not quite going in towards drawn necessarily. It not can turn invisible. Oh, just FYI. The mind flare? Correct. That's good to know. That is very good to know. Okay. Well, maybe Hayfried has some more information. Should we go? Do we want oh, to sort of... Like uh, it's at least a place to start. He might have some stuff. Right. Oh. oh, do we have anything? I have some stuff I can bring to him and give to him. Does anybody else have anything? Also, it I am, seems like we should be kind of nice to him. And oh, you, you can be invisible now, too, because you have the cloak. Oh, that's right. 
So we also have someone that can be invisible. Do we feel like this is time sensitive? If we go back to Hayfreed's, we should be quick. Very quick. Well, wh- whatever we do, we're on the clock as far as the Red Wolf is concerned. They're Especially searching for these gates, and we have to stop them. With what happened in the lighthouse, that probably set them off already. That things are going down. They might be leaving right now. We might have to go in. I, I don't know. We Do don't we know what they know of what happened at the lighthouse. All we did was destroy some machinery. We could have been vandals. Yeah, I mean, if we can be quick, I, I just feel like they might be packing things up right now as we're talking, so... In in the nest? Wherever they are, they might be... Maybe, I mean, if if someone destroyed the lighthouse like that, and that was one of our... That was my base of operations... I would probably start thinking about leaving or, or moving, especially if I'm but trying to do something But they probably don't know that anyone secret. knows where their nest is. Maybe, but we don't know. Why would they know? I, d- I don't know why they would know, and this all did just happen, and I d- we didn't destroy the lighthouse. I just, you know, made sure that they couldn't do what they were doing ever again, or at least not there. Personally, do you have any inkling of what it was they learned from you? Um, I... We kept some of those drawings, right? I was hoping to I, get a I, better look at those. Yes. I have some of the papers um, here. Off the top of my head, I... Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, but I would like to look at the papers and maybe I can figure it out later. Alright. Okay, so we want to move quickly. But we want more information, so maybe we should go to Hayfreed's really quickly, ask him a few questions, and then come back. He has many answers. We don't all have to go, I guess, to Hayfreed's. Yes, that's true. We could surveil the area that we're thinking about going to. Some of us are quiet. Would not be me. <laughs> I sort of look around to see who that might be besides Seeker. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or some yeah. of us could stay in the hut, because I don't, do any of you know how to get to the caves? No, you don't know how to get to the caves. Only I know how to get to the caves. That's fair. So, and you can... Be invisible, and you, I've seen you be quiet. No, I know, but if I guide some of you to the caves and some people go to Hayfreed's, how are the people who go to Hayfreed's going to come back to the caves if I'm not there to show them where well, the caves maybe are? Maybe you could mark the trail on Flynn's map there. Oh. And then we could follow the directions. Yeah, that could work. I can also leave marks along the way. Oh, yes. You I could don't do know I if those. we should really separate that much. I was thinking just some of us could stay in the hut and some of us can go and then we could all leave to the spooky cave together instead of sending some people off into the spooky cave alone like they just had to do. Oh my, I, I was just thinking maybe we could all be together. Yes, I think all together sounds great. Point taken, we do it together. 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 So where are we going together? To Hayfreed's hut. To Hayfreed's hut. And I just turn and go in the direction. Just wanted a clarification. (laughs) All right. Um, You all head back to Saddle Mount, making your way through the city and back to the entrance uh, to Hayfreed's little hut that he has set up there. Um, Are you all, you're all entering? I'm going to go in the hut, but I'm not going to go to Hayfreed's void. Um, I'm going to tug on Kellogg's cloak. Gallic, 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 Gallic. What is it, Alma? We got, we got. I'm, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna read my book. But, um, can you give some of these to Hayfreed for me, please? Tell them they're from me. What? That I found them. What's this? Um, I have in my hand. I've got five um thorns. Um, and I'm gonna hand them over into your hand, 
Um, be careful, don't pick yourself. Um, they're supposed to be really good for healing potions or, or mixing in stuff, so oh. maybe he could experiment with them. Um, but they're the cow, some extra cow or cactus thorns. I have some more, but here's one. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, I bet he'll be pleased as punch. But they came from me. Uh, of course. <laughs> Why would I lie about that, Alma? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll deliver them for you. All right, who is going into Hayfried's void? Olma is staying here. Mm-hmm. Kellick is going in with the thorns. Mm-hmm. I'm going in. That's I'm going, going in. in. I'm going to hold my nose this time. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going in. Um, I think Flynn... Uh, I'm not going in. Um, uh, as you hand those thorns, I'll kind of look over. Um, I don't think I'm ready to talk to Chath right now. And I I might stay with you, Alma, if that's all right. That's fine with me. We can talk more about um, more about Kaylin and we can talk about your friendship with her. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pick your battles here, Flynn. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds better. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I will begrudgingly sit down as I wait for the party to teleport away. Okay. Right. See you soon. The rest of the party uh, drops down into the teleportation circle and vroom, teleported back into Hayfree's void. As vroom, you apparate, everyone begins to look around at the space around them. You look down and see beneath your feet the same stone platform rotating um, in a large circle around the central platform. Um, and as soon as you apparate in, Hayfried glances over, raises his hand up, captures the platform once more and brings it down towards the center. Um, you can see looking down that Timmy is not there at the moment. It is just Hayfried. And um, Hayfried is sort of sitting there in a chair on the main platform, um, leaning way far back, sort of his legs kicked out way in front of him and a, a broom sort of resting up against his arm and shoulder. Um, as you can see, pieces of rubble and pieces of um, like broken chair and desk and table sort of push off into the corner. Hey, look who's back. How you doing, Hayfried? I've been better, if I'm being totally honest. How does the uh, state of things look in terms of the the? There's a, all the like. Is there any signs of the escape that happened that we heard about? Looking around, you see a mostly cleaned up center platform. The telltale sign of something happening is the massive pile of rubble and shambles in the corner. Um, and you can see still, um, you can see as you're looking over to some of the cages that are floating out in the ether beyond, you can see one of them, the, um, the, the metal bars have been snapped and pulled back and an opening forms in the center. I, I just cast a hollowed, uh, sullen glance at that warped cage sorry uh, I didn't go as planned yeah um, you know sometimes sometimes the sorry is good enough well oh. uh, in the case that it's not and I uh, unfold my palm in which are still these uh, cower cactus thorns 
Um, Ulna pass these on to me to pass on to you. Uh, they are, um, I believe, cower cactus thorns. I, I understand they're good in uh, salves, healing remedies of that sort. Sorry, didn't quite get you there, but these might. Oh, and he reaches out and he, he grabs them and he starts sort of like fiddling through them one by one. And as that's as he's doing that, like a vial of uh, shambling mound sap uh, <laughs> floats over with, from my invisible mage hand. He's like, "Oh, uh, I grabbed some extra shambling mound sap as well. You 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 can okay. ha- you can have this. Anyone else? Keep them coming. <laughs> this is good great. tea. I I understand. These are excellent. Uh, <laughs> I just give a free to wary look. Um, if uh if those do uh, in fact come in handy. I'd be curious to the the recipe. I know Olma's got uh, more than a passing interest in concoctions of that kind. Most definitely. If I put these to any sort of use, I can write down the recipe. Thank you. Of course. Well, um, space is yours once again if you all need anything. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, so sorry, Hayfrey. <laughs> well, this shouldn't be too much of an ask, but, um... Do you know anything of mind flayers? You know, uh... Tentacle-faced elephant. He sort of gives a, a little bit of a wince and, um... Looks like he's trying to think back on what he may know. And... He says... Uh, I mean, it's been, been a while. Um, give me a second. And he, he reaches his hand up and pulls down the platform with um, rows and rows of bookshelves. And he begins walking through the platform with the, the bookshelves on either side of him. And as he's very slowly walking through, you can see him sort of moving his fingers around and speaking a, a, a very whispered incantation and as he's walking through these rows of books, you can start to see from each of these books little almost inked letters floating out from each of these books and words begin to form. And these select words from each of these books begin to, to move out into the open air and meet him at his temples as they merge in with his skin. As he sort of stops, props himself up and turns around, says, yeah, um, I've actually got uh, notes that I took a while ago on some mind flares. Um, from what I was able to tell, very dangerous creatures when uh, cornered and provoked, but from my experience, uh, from the ones that I saw, pretty docile servants. Um, not, not too uh, crazy. I, ha- I have heard stories of... Um, Mind flares being being cornered and and left alone, but uh, upon rare cases, for the most part, docile um, servants to to the masters that they serve. Uh, masters being the mostly Strata Brianna. Aye, interesting. And the Strata Brianna, you have you encountered them before? I, um, I, they're, they're, uh, somewhat elusive, but in my travels, and it was back when I was 
when I was doing a lot of studying and research, um, I came across some of their Bentonite prophets. Uh, they're the ones who mainly take advantage of the mind flares, sort of use them as tools, really. Um, in some cases, I would even stretch to say that they're... I was feeling a little bit of sympathy towards them in their position. They, they seem to be more tools being used for... Stradipriana's the ends, ends of these Bentonite prophets. Yeah, they're uh, sort of halfway between religious and scientific uh, crazies. What are they prophets of? What what prophecy? Uh, prophets of uh, uh, they operate mostly out of out of Ondale and out of Stillgate. Um, they work pretty close with the government body up there. Um, they're able to sort of manufacture these incredible uh, technologies. Ah. Sort of prophesize the coming of, of these devices and, and new technologies and, and shit the world has never seen before. Uh, do they all have... I just wave my hand in front of my face. Mixed up uh, countenances. What do you mean? Well, the only... I've never personally acted. No, uh, even the small time I spent at Stillgate, I, I never uh, interfaced with any of these folks. Um, but the one we've seen, albeit through a magical mirror of sorts, uh, their face couldn't be judged. And even uh, when I tried to find them by magical means, I I couldn't. Um, secure my eyes on their visage. That sounds to me like the Kodam Vo. Sorry. The Kodam Vo? Yeah, um, from my understanding, that's a title. <sighs> oh, how is that always happening to us? Kaom Artemisia. Kodam Vo. So Kodam Vo is a it's not a person. It's not From a what name. I understand, yeah, um, seems to be a, a title, sort of the 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 leader, and I guess in their circle of, of what they do is uh, the, the thinking behind it is that anyone could be this person. Uh, it could be anyone, and it's a position to aspire yourself to, and uh, and that within their ranks. The orders come from what seems to be one person, but no one really knows who that person is, creating a, a sort of intrinsic uh, trust and mistrust at the same time in the pursuit of their scientific knowledge. Aye. It's sort of saying you can't take uh, any one person's word as gospel, and in the scientific approach, you have to always be questioning, and you shouldn't be afraid of one person. So they remove that aspect of themselves. Well, but... Isn't it a bit intimidating that they have all these faces? Isn't is that really uh, I, like I said, it works it? with and against their purpose. Right. These uh, these mind flayers, you say, uh, not too dangerous unless provoked. But how dangerous? Quite deadly. And what would you say? Uh, something like a nest. What business would a nest have? Uh, beneath a city like Saddlemount, for example. I would uh, 
Only advice to steer clear. Oh. Oh, you would, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I can't speak to any, like you ask, purpose of a nest, you could say. And they, you said they're good servants. Are they always servants? From the ones that I've seen, yes. But they were always accompanied by accompanied by their... Uh, Shrada Priyana. Shrada Priyana handler, you could say. They are bad, but they are not the uh, bad, bad. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to turn and kind of walk <laughs> uh, away, like towards space and try and, try and find some space. And uh, as I'm walking, I'm going to ca- try and catch Des's. I've been listening intently that whole time, just hanging back. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a look of scared shitless. <laughs> and, and as I'm walking away. I'm going to just like shrug my shoulders, sort of sending the message of like, this is the mess you introduced us to. <laughs> did, um, did any of that sound familiar to me? Did I, did any, did any of the things that I was listening to Hayfried say ring a bell? Yeah. From the very little sort of that, that hazy memory that mm-hmm. you have, um, you remember what, what sticks out to you was the terror upon seeing this creature, the uh-huh. mind flare. Um, and that that caution that comes with it, but there was no battle surrounding it. It did seem to be, for the most part, a uh, silent servant. Okay, what about the whole thing with the prophets? Oh, the prophecy, does that... Does um, that... You do remember that there was another human okay. there. You don't... There's nothing about right. any prophet. It seemed that there was a business transaction happening for the most part. And these creatures being called mind flayers, they, they, would their name be some sort of function of what they can do to other creatures? I'd say it's a staple of what they can do. Um, oh, great. Fantastic. Well, if that's their area of power, then certainly they must also have vulnerabilities as well, yes? Um, I would assume so. We have any idea what those could be? <laughs> you don't know? I no. I have not encountered uh, one in battle. Ugh. Oh. What about uh, anti flaying measures we <laughs> might take for all my ass? Fair question. Um gosh, I mean I've I've encountered a couple of things in my past that take over a person's mind and possession and magic of that sorts. Yeah. Um, I could give you some helmets that might help. <laughs> I'm thinking is like a magic really ball on my head or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what? So it's like a physical thing that happens. It's not like a psychic. I don't know. Oh, um, okay. It could be, it could be a, uh, I, I've, I, like I said, I've never seen it happen. Um, but from what I know of, of, uh, possessions and um, messing with people's minds um, it could be it could it could be the result of a low level of magic happening um, uh, constantly it could be gosh I've seen um, physical gases within the air take over people's minds um, I've seen uh, in my worst days I've seen certain surgeries 
that. Oh. So the helmets, how many do you have? <laughs> <laughs> We're just all going to walk into a cave with the essential, like, tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally. <laughs> like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Here's my tinfoil hat. <laughs> Not even. Oh, come on. I mean, I've got a couple of different helmets. Some of them do different things, but uh, I don't know how well that would serve in this scenario. Just because, like with, and he points over, he gestures over to the, the cage, for certain magics, certain spells need to be imbued and certain precautions need to be taken, and I can't account for every single spell or way right. to take control of someone's mind or, in fact, uh, a way for someone to drink a potion and turn into a massive beast and break out of their cage. I can't. Uh, I can't necessarily um, plan for all of that. Well, who could, Hayfried? Really? <laughs> Super glad that me. I'm not hearing this. I'm like kneeling down and taking my backpack off, starting to take some items out, and and you're gonna hear in the back like, Timmy, 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 Timmy's not there. And looking around and going through some some I pulling out the the totem the totem that I uh, pulled out in the sanctuary above uh, or or on the other side of the portal um, pulling out a um, pulling out my sigil from my chest which I don't know that anybody's seen except for maybe Thess um, my my focus. Uh, pulling it out and clutching it and my hand shaking saying okay 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 uh, it seems you and I need to talk a little bit uh, uh, we mm, okay so uh, there might be trouble and uh, I'm going to attempt I've not done this in a long time to to um, ask for maybe some help, um, and as I'm so as I'm, I'm holding the sigil in one hand, I'm also uh, playing with my, in my right hand with a with a, a cylindrical um, another cylinder similar to the totem, but much skinnier, and it's like a white ivory. Um, or, or, or maybe limestone type of cylinder, and it's got this beautiful, very faint, elvish characters uh, up and down the sides, and on the on the top of it, it's got like a like a maze or some type of a symbol, and in the middle of it, um, there's a ring of gold, and I let go of my sigil and I grab the cylinder with two hands on either side of the gold in the middle turn it slightly and pull it apart and inside there are scrolls um, just like a, a vellum some 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 parchment and I lay them out a little bit and just stare at them for a second and mutter okay old man what were you doing know there's something here that can help me you I know you were searching for something. These ancient scripts have to have some answers. And you, and I grabbed the, the, the sigil, and you, you know what they are. I know you can help, or you could help. You didn't when you needed to. But I'm going to ask anyway. 
and I'm gonna just try and study the the scroll a little bit, um, and and see what I can make of this ancient script, this ancient Elvish script in front of me. Okay, I am going to have you make a history check at advantage. Ooh. Um, as you're reading Ooh. over this this ancient oh, we're script, gonna, we're gonna go here. Can we? Are are we seeing this? Where, where is Seeker doing this? I'm not that far away. You went, I, I mean, yeah. Are you still on like the central platform, or? I mean, I'm probably as far to the edge of it as possible. Yeah. Okay. He was, he was saying that he couldn't hear what Hafer was saying. Some of it. Right? Like, I don't know if I heard the. Yeah. yeah. yeah like the. Far enough away. Or yeah. maybe I, I mean yeah. I, I might have been close enough, but the I'm very afraid and focused right now. You're siloed. <laughs> sure. We can yeah. see yeah. you, but maybe not hear you. Or right. Yeah, I, I would say it's um. Um. Like an intense muttering coming from me. Uh, that's a nine. Oh, that's a nine for the first. What's the second? That's a ten plus two, twelve. A twelve. Okay. Um, you begin sort of tracing your fingers over this script, and you're able to get maybe every sixth or seventh word through it. Um, but from what you're reading, there's the the words that are popping out to you. Um, are sort of these ritualistic incantations that you had. These are the first times that you're that you're actually reading these words. You had heard them before, and, and your mind is sort of piecing them together. But your your study slows as you just can't make out all of the words. I'm gonna turn to the totem which I've set next to the scrolls and almost I'm gonna glare at it I'm gonna fine and I'll open it and the glowing orb uh, will in the center of it will begin to levitate and, and float above the main base of the totem and I will just um imperceptibly whisper uh, uh, an incantation under my breath and a pulse of purple plasma-like energy will go from my hands to the totem and I will um, there there's your offering what can you tell me gonna have you make either a religion or a history check to determine how this goes. Tell me which one it is because it'll I'm gonna it make will make the difference. A religion check. Okay. A 17. 17. You all notice the rest of the party who's in the void notices for just a brief moment as Seeker casts a spell into this totem. And as he's sitting there, he goes silent. And just from what you can see, just barely over his shoulder as he's sitting there, you can see this orb. All of a sudden it begins to almost melt or or pour out this purple plasma from it. Almost like a, a small water spring coming out of this, this totem. 
and flowing out onto the ground. And this this purple flame almost looks liquid in the way that it pours out onto the ground and makes uh, uh, makes its way around Seeker. And you think for a moment that you might be in danger as this plasma makes its way out, but it finds an edge just beyond Seeker and stops as it begins to crawl up Seeker's body. And with each inch that it crawls up his body, it turns his body almost into this translucent purple glass as flames start wisping off of it in complete silence. It encompasses his shoulders and finally his head. As now he looks sitting there like an immovable glass statue. Seeker, your vision goes dark. All of a sudden you open your eyes. You see a beam of light hitting your face. You're laying down. You roll over. You feel the comfort of soft sheets over your shoulder. As you look around, you are in your bed as a child. Just woken up one early morning. Looking around, you see your room. What are you doing? Oh. By the gods, what is this? I'm going to feel the bed and remember the the comfort that I've not felt for so long of, of a place, a stable place. And I'm going to um, jump out of bed and see if I and, and look around, see what I can see. Is my mom there? All right. You look around and there's no one currently in your room. You look over to the door that leads into the living room and you see that it's just barely cracked open. And you can see a gentle morning light coming through. And that singular beam of light coming from the doorway perfectly aligning itself with your pillow. As that morning sunbeam emanated from that door every single morning, that was what woke you up. That sunshine in your face. Ah. And I'll go through the door. You open up the door and you look to your left towards the kitchen. And before you even can see, you hear two voices talking. Two voices that are very familiar. You hear the first voice being out of your mother. Sort of a, a light, soothing voice, but one that seems a little bit irritated right now. As you see, she turns from her. She's, she's cooking at the moment. And you see she turns back to the dining table. And she goes, well, I'm not going to do that because that's not my job, mom. That's, that's, that's their job. And I, that shouldn't be my responsibility. And sitting there at the table, you see Eldra, your grandmother. I look at my hands. Are, what are, are they my hands as a grown man or my hands as a boy? You look on the inside of your hands and you see where you have grown accustomed to calluses, cuts across your hands, some um, singeing on your fingertips from where you've been casting spells. You now see smooth skin, uncalloused. Don't see any of the wrinkles there. You see your hands as a boy. I just run into the room and 
say, Grandmama. Hello. Seeker, give us a moment. Um, we were just discussing about your mother's responsibilities at work. And she turns back to your mother and says, Yes, but when when certain people aren't doing their jobs, and especially in a position as important as yours, surely there should be someone there to, to at least cover it. And they continue talking back and forth about work. De- dejected. Uh, sad. I, I want to turn and see if I can find my father. Right. You look around and you look down the hallway to your right. And you can see along the hallway on either side um, different paintings of your grandmother and grandfather on your dad's side, your grandparents on your mom's side. You can see one of your parents. You can see the, the one that you know from your childhood of, of you all together as a family. And as you're walking down this hallway and seeing the paintings on either side, you get to the end of the hallway and see a closed wooden door, door that you know leads to your father's private study. And from behind that door, you can just see bursts of purple light. Vroom. Vroom, vroom. Vroom. Just casting a gentle purple glow over the floor and the walls uh, through the cracks of the door. I want to do... I want to sneak in. Okay. Make a stealth check for me as you reach up and you uh, open up this door. That's a 21. 21. You reach up and you begin to turn the doorknob. And you remember for a moment that when you get about halfway through, there's a click in the door. But you know at this point to take that part extra slow. As you skip over the part that would normally click and creak against the wood as you finish opening and open up the door. You see across the room your father's temple that he himself has hand-curated to his specifications in service to Lauris. And you look and you see the different pieces that he's gotten from the market, from the um, the vendors of religious items. You, seen, you see the, the pieces and part of this little statue that he's made himself. And right in front of him, you see a pristine cylinder top piece open and a little purple marble glowing in the middle as you see your father purple plasma flowing throughout his hands casting into the cylinder I'm gonna walk around to the side and still try instead of you and see if I can make out what uh, make out what he's casting and just Ah, okay. I'm gonna have you make a religion check, and this time at advantage. As a child, you would not have known what this was, but now looking back, you may. Good one. Let's see if we can do better. I, uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Seventeen. Seventeen. You look and you see him casting into the cylinder. And you see just a a brief glow of purple flame, a a, a simple flame cantrip flowing into the the cylinder. 
But as it does, the the pearl that normally absorbs the spell all the way absorbs it almost halfway before your father catches the spell and sort of brings it back and strings it between his fingers, almost like this, almost like this this putty material that he's forming into his hands and stretching, almost like uh, uh, a dough that he's kneading between his hands. And as he does, he takes one and it forms around his right hand as he places his right hand on his left shoulder and sort of slides it across his chest. He then transfers the energy to his left hand, places his left hand on his right shoulder, slides it across his chest. And as he's sort of moving his hands over his chest, you can see that this this dough-like purple plasma is sticking to him just ever so briefly and sticking over his clothes and sort of forming over his shoulders before then retreating back into his hands before he turns around and looks at you. And you see his eyes light up. He immediately jumps up from his his kneeling position, almost in an acrobatic way, sort of going straight from kneeling to jumping up and landing on both of his feet all at once, turning around and with a wide smile coming over to you, kneeling down, saying, Hey, Seeker. Father, what are you doing? Just doing a little work this morning. How'd you sleep? I feel... Fantastic. The best I have in days, actually. It's great to hear, buddy. Did you get some breakfast? No. Grandmama and mom were talking. Oh, so it's probably going to be a while. Yes. Um, would you like to... Would you like to see what I'm doing? Yes, very much. Okay, come over here and join me. And you walk over, and he kneels down once more. And right before he kneels down, you look at the floor, and... As you had seen it in your childhood, it sort of came and passed. You didn't really even take account of it because it was always there. But now looking back on it, you see two slight indents in the wood where your father's knees perfectly fit into the floor. Mm. And you see in front of him a number of scrolls. And you look down and you see the words. You can pick out the words that you had just picked out on the scrolls that, that you have. And he takes you through and he, he moves his finger from left to right as he speaks these incantations out loud, this ancient elvish. And he turns to you and says, it's just got to be between you and me, buddy. But technically, I'm not allowed to be doing this, but practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> That's what you always say. All right, so I'm going to show you what to do and then maybe you'll be able to do it. Okay. And as he's reading through it and he's speaking these incantations, you're, you're taking a moment to really listen and memorize. But that's not something you did as a child. It's something that you're doing now. Now as he's reading these incantations, moving his hands, casting this spell, you're beginning to memorize the spell. And as he moves his hands over his chest once more, you can see this plasma form over his shoulders and over his chest. And he completes the incantation, creating this purple glow all around him. And then he swipes at his chest, erasing all of it, absorbing the energy around his hand. He motions for you to come and kneel next to him. Me? Yeah, come here. Okay, Uh, I'll make my way over uh, 
somewhat timidly, but like really excited. And you kneel down next to him and he's got this plasma all over his hand, this purple glow. And he reaches out towards you and you recoil in fear, but that was the child. Now you lean into it Mm -hmm. as he places his hand to your chest. You feel the warmth all around your chest, your shoulders, as he looks into your eyes and says, I will always be here to protect you. And you snap out of it. You look around and you see nothing but void around you and a little totem in front of you. You look down and you see the manuscript in front of you, the scrolls that you had taken out earlier. And now you can perfectly read the first few lines, the incantations that you now remember your dad teaching you as a child. I will, I will read them, and uh, and and practice the uh, the incantation, and um, I'm gonna just kind of touch my chest, where he touched my chest, where my sigil normally is, and look at the the scroll, kind of run over it with my with my forefinger, just saying, "This is this is so." It's weird. It's like I've always known, but I've never. This is, and um, we'll read. Um, Shalom, hush, back. Shalom, hush, back. And um, what? And and try and uh, invoke the the same the same magic uh, that that I was taught uh, okay. into, the, into the totem. And as you do, just as your father had done, you grasp some of that energy from the totem, move it to your right hand, cross it over your left shoulder and the left part of your chest, move it to your left hand, move it up to your right shoulder and chest as you successfully cast the spell. What do, as I, as I, cast this this spell what uh what do i feel as it as it washes over me Um, you feel it's not even necessarily a physical you do feel the warmth of the spell surrounding you but you feel as though you had when you were a child and your father put his hand on your shoulder and as you feel this and as you Accept this new spell, you level up. Hey. hey. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, hey. And uh, that would be Mage Armor. Yes, that would. Hey. Nice. That's so cool. Very, very cool. All right. Um, As everyone else sees, uh, looks over towards Seeker, and, and these little flakes of, of glass begin to break around the statuesque form of his body, and with each that breaks and falls to the ground, you expect to hear a shatter of glass, but they liquefy as soon as they hit the ground and dissipate into purple nothingness. Some things, I say to Hayfried, is just, just looking up to see this, you can't prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, Seeker? Um, I will just very slowly nod 
And I think I am. I think I am. She already said I didn't quite. He's he's got his back to us. I think I'll go. I'll go check on him. Why don't you stay with Hayfried? And I'm gonna walk over, like a little quizzically concerned. So that was new. Yes. How do you feel? Very good. Uh, saw my father and my mother and my grandmother. How was that p- possible? I don't know. I talked to a uh, friend. I, I don't know if I call him that, but I, you oh. know, it was, uh, it was nice. It was a, uh, oh, it was like a dream, but it was real. But I, I learned something neat. Did you learn something new? I, yeah, well, kind of like it was, <laughs> it was like new and not child me, but me. So I think I just learned it, but maybe I always knew it. I don't know. I feel like. You should have this conversation with Shreya. Maybe he would understand a little better. But I I feel better. You feel better? That's my, good. My father told me he would always be here to protect me. And I feel... I feel like we can do this. I feel less sure every day, but um, I know that... I. I'm going to be right next to you no matter what happens, so. Thank you. You're always a good friend. I try. I'm glad you got something neat out of it. Well, uh, let me clean up all of this and um, I will uh, we'll come back to the group and sure. we can deal with the, the flaying of their minds. Yeah, that part's a little, um, makes me feel a little uneasy, but, uh, you take your time. And, uh, just kind of like a, a tear, like, a, like I'm smiling, but there's like a tear down my right eye. And, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take a, let's take a moment. Uh, of course. Um... And not really, like, hurt, not really, like, but just kind of wanting to give you your space. I just, like, take a few steps back. And I kind of, like, not knowing what to do, like, wander back towards Hayfried. <laughs> like, I guess this is... As you take the as you take the steps back, uh, I will hop up like my father just did and walk over and give you a hug. I stiffen and I just kind of... Thought we talked about like <laughs> maybe like once a month we can do hugs. It's we we did one yesterday or was that yesterday? I don't I don't remember which day it is. It was earlier today, and was, usually oh. we fight things that we know we can you know beat. Uh, we do. Things are a little more dangerous now, and you should know that I very much appreciate you. I know you appreciate, and I hope you know that I appreciate you, but we don't have to hug or... Okay, fine. And I'll, like, push you back a little and, like, try and punch your shoulder. There we go. That's the... much more comfortable. There it Thank is. you. Better? Much better. You okay. can punch me on the shoulder fine. anytime. That's great. Fine. Love that. And uh, as you 
as you turn to walk away, you'll feel like um, an invisible hand like rustling your hair. Get off. You asked for it. Sort of watching the, this the, this private moment on display, I, I, I give Hayfried a quiet nod and uh, and I sort of like backpedal to the teleportation platform to head back to Saddle Mount to okay. give this space to this, this moment. And you look over at Hayfried and sort of catch his eye just very briefly and you can see he's crossing his arms and he sort of like looks at you, gives you a, a gentle nod and you can see his right arm just barely crossed underneath. He sort of does a, a little brief hand motion <laughs> as the teleportation circle bursts to life and you are once again taken back to Salamander. <laughs> as he does that, he turns back to Thessaly. You. Me? I've got something for you. Oh, oh, you do? Um, yeah, give me, give me one second. And he reaches over, grabs a platform, brings it down, and you can see this platform is a... Ju- armory is the best way to, to describe it, is armor, weapons, and there on the central table, you see two weapons, both of your swords. My sword! Yay! Um, I have to like contain my excitement, like this like childlike excitement kind of bubbles up in my face and it like I get this very genuine smile and I kind of have to control my emotions and I... Um, that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's great. Could I, can I pick them up now? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, so I am going to summon them all first. Okay. Um, just sort of like, so an equal exchange takes place. So I reach my hand out one more time and that void opens up the fire curling over my hands one more time as it like, uh, it comes into my hand and then I set it on the table where the, where the swords are. And then I take the swords into my hands once more. Okay. And as you look at both of the swords here, it's one short sword and one long sword. You look at both of the swords and they look a little different than okay. when you <laughs> first handed them over. They almost look like they have been shattered and glued back together, but the glue running throughout looks like lava. This glowing orange throughout. <laughs> That's badass. Is this is That's this like so cool? This is visible, you. yeah? This is visible, fully visible, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the handles are the exact same, unchanged. You feel the weight of them, um, your short sword and your long sword, um, very familiar to you. Um, you sort of uh, swing them around a couple times, getting re-familiarized with them. Um, and as you sort of look at them and, and grasp them in your hands, what are you going to do? Um, I think I'm going to... Is there like... Do I see a sort of like training? I, I know Hayfried has a lot of platforms. Is there one with like dummies or yes, something? There is. There? Yes, oh, there, there is. There is. There yeah. is. Um, I'm still new to the void, guys. <laughs> one that I believe uh, some of the rest of the party have used before. Ah. Um, as Hayfried pulls it down, um, you do see you see um, a portion of it that looks to be like an archery range where okay. dummies are are further away, um, and you see one up a little bit closer that looks to be the the dummies are really close that looks to be almost more of a hand-to-hand combat area mm-hmm. and then you see one um, in the other corner where they're spaced out and they're sort of moving around in this um, in this jagged pattern mm-hmm. that uh, looks to be a, a training area Ooh, I'm gonna move over to the one that's like in the jagged pattern and I'm gonna sort of like 
turn both swords uh, in each hand like once, twice, three times, and then I'm going to try to just strike, like okay. one strike each. As you're moving through, um, you see these dummies moving back and forth, and you can see that they come down, the, their base is a post, but their post is not actually sinking into the ground at all. It's oh. just sort of gliding over the ground as they're moving around. As you take your swings, you are swinging at moving targets, so I'm going to have you make uh, some attack rolls. Um, and I'm still making these at disadvantage because I'm still exhausted. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, that first one's a 10 to hit. A 10 to hit. You're swinging them around, and you are just, you, you have to reacquaint yourself. You've been swinging this mall around for mm-hmm. a couple days, um, and you swing at one of these dummies, and just as you swing at it, it takes a jagged turn and moves right out of your range, and you miss. You've got to do better. I, like, bite back a curse, and I'm like, hmm. And I'm going to take the second swing with the short sword this time. Okay. Worse, eight. An eight. You swing again, and you reach out, and it would have hit if it was the long sword, but for that briefest moment, you you just, your your brain did not comprehend that this is the hand that your short sword is in and you swing and you miss. So I sort of, like I huff in frustration and you said that there were like, uh, it's all on the same platform, right? Yes. So there are stationary dummies, right? Yes, there are. So I'm gonna walk over to one of the stationary dummies that is clearly intended for archery and I'm gonna like <laughs> try to cut the head off of it. Okay, um, you swing into it once and your sword drives in a couple of inches. Mm-hmm. And as you pull it back out, um, you see that the inside is sort of made of of like hay and some mm-hmm. rope. And the outside is made of this like very thin burlap. And as soon as you bring your sword back out, you can see the rope and the hay sort of merge back together and oh. heal itself as soon as you pull it back out. You take the second swing with your other sword. You take another swing, another swing, another swing. And as you keep pulling the the swings in and out of this dummy, mm-hmm. it begins to catch fire. Oh. As you as you realize you are additionally dealing fire damage to so this dummy back. as well. Oh. As you continue swinging and swinging and swinging, everyone else looks over at Thessaly. Everyone who's there, I believe Seeker and Shreya are yes. the only other two there. I've walked over to Shreya at this point. And as Thessaly is swinging, Thessaly, you almost, you, you get to this rhythm of re-familiarizing yourself with the balance of these swords. You're swinging, making these cuts, you're making jabs. Um, Seeker and Shreya, you look over. And as Thessaly's back is facing you, and she's attacking this this dummy, you begin to see her back begin to glow, a dull orange. And you begin to see- Do you see that? The, I, I, I see that. I, I wonder if, if you two were to stand next to each other and you did the thing you did earlier, it would look quite nice. <laughs> you look back and you see the flames that are now whipping off of this dummy almost begin to whip in tandem with flames now forming on her back. As you look over and you can see just a very gentle glow of flaming wings on Thessaly's back. As Thessaly, you finish your combination, feel comfortable with with the sword, uh, with the with the swords now, you're re-familiar. As soon as you turn back around, Seeker and and Shreya, these ethereal wings are gone. Wait, wait, where'd they, where, where'd they go? Jaw, that was so nice. Jaw agape. Thessaly, you turn back around. Mm-hmm. Now, 
comfortable with these swords. You sheathe them once again, and with that click back into your holsters, you level up. Nice, that's so cool. Um, I'd like to walk over to Hayfried uh, real quick after like feeling readjusted and happy to have my own weapons back. Um, and I am going to uh, say, Hayfried, I I don't find magical items like Seeker, and I'm I'm not really good at you know uh, bringing fancy things back or giving people money or. Anything that anyone really seems to find valuable, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but No value. <laughs> just not valuable at all. But I do have this, and um, I don't know. I thought you might like to have it. And while we had been at Lyra's place um, and everyone else had been sleeping, uh, I was occupying myself with finishing the drawing I had started in the void. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to give that to Hayfree. Uh, okay, yeah. So why don't you roll for this drawing? Okay. Yeah, and you so, didn't have... And not a disadvantage Not a disadvantage, yes. Great. Okay, so back at Lyra's, I did this, and... Okay, so that's the... Plus my proficiencies. And you said if I spent more than an hour on it, I get a bonus? I have that in my notes. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> so that's going to be... Um, <laughs> I have it right here. So that's going to be a total of an 18. An 18. Yes. Okay. Very nice. Um, what did you draw? So uh, when we had initially been back in the void, there was a moment where Seeker and Flynn and Kellick and Hayfried were all gathered around the table and they were sharing a drink and a meal. And I was over in the sort of rest area with Oma and I decided to draw that moment. Um, so I took the time to sort of like get all of them together. Um, Seeker has sort of like a smile on his face. Kellick looks a little grumpy. Um, <laughs> but Hayfried looks, and, and Flynn looks as boisterous as ever, uh, like glass raised. But um, Hayfried just looks sort of happy and calm to be there. Like Hayfried's version of happy, I guess. Like not, um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's clearly each of them just all gathered in this moment of camaraderie. Right. And I hand it to him. It's, um, it's all right. Um, uh, thank you. you. Just, thank thank of you. Course. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just thought you have it. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. Maybe next time I'll, I'll try to get some magical items. I'm not good at finding those, though, and I might just bring you back, like, a pile of dirt and think it's magical, so... You never know with dirt. Really? You never know. <laughs> you never know. I'll pick up some dirt next time I'm out then. <laughs> um, and I'll just kind of like blush a little bit because uh, I haven't done like given someone something like that in a while. And I'm going to go over to the library part, like the, the okay. book part. And I'm going to see if I can find a book about Benra. Okay. Um, as you are searching for that, we will come back cool. to you in a moment. Um, but first, Lynn and Oma, back in Saddlemount. What time, like about what time is it? I, I don't know how long it's been. It's like mid-afternoon. Okay, so I'm sitting, Lynn and I are just sitting in the hut. Um, I, uh, I pull my book out uh, as if I just kind of like cross my legs and like I'm about to start studying a little bit. Um, 
I, I try to match Flynn by pulling a book out, but I'm just staring at him <laughs> instead of the book. And I, I'll, after a moment, I just kind of, this isn't, this is too small and cramped in here. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you looking like that? Stop. Stop that. I'm not looking like anything. Why are you being weird? I'm not being weird. I'm going to go. No, don't go. We were going to talk about Kaylin. We don't have to, but if we, can we just go out like out of this hut? It smells in here. It's weird and it's cramped. What do you think it smells like? Like mold. Musty mold. I don't think I smell that. What does mold smell like? Um, I don't, uh, like, like, gross. I don't know. And I, I'm going to close my book and, uh, and pack it up and throw my backpack around my shoulder. I'm just going to go find, like... We can't go too far, though. Uh, yeah, right up. Yeah, it'll, no, we'll be able to, as I see the hut, but... We can't see the hut. I guess, wait, if you think of it, it shows up. Yeah. Magic is cool, but it is kind of confusing sometimes. I don't like it when so many things go invisible. Yeah. That didn't really happen until like recently, and now everything goes invisible. <laughs> uh huh. Make more things invisible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the note that I'm taking. <laughs> wait, wait, no. <laughs> what? Um, and I will, uh, I will um, open the door, and I would like to just try and find, like, with just from looking out, um, is there like a like a forested area that I could maybe get to that's decently close or like a little bit area of like a grove that I can just, I just want to sit next to a tree. Just like. Um, looking around, you see that you, this is the docks. You are currently in the docks yeah. and you see nothing but massive warships around you. Um, you do remember though, just a little bit south of here, um, there was a little outcropping where a little bit of the natural beach sort of, came out yeah. and there was this large tree that the base of it started within the fertile soil here but then the trunk of it moved up and out and um this this thick base of a tree almost moved completely horizontal and out and over the water and over the sand um as i think of that i'm like well that'll do do you want to come with me i'm i'm i can't focus in here um where are you going well, there's this really, really cool area that I, I think might be fun to just kind of sit next to and, and focus. Can you see it from here? You would have to walk maybe four or five minutes. No, but it's like really close. It's like a few minutes away. Um. You can stay here and wait with them if you want. Wait for them if you want. I guess. Because... They won't know where you went. Okay, and I will uh, I will go to my, one of my books and I will rip a piece of paper out and I will scribble on it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll actually better. Um, I will, yeah, so I will, I will write down, <laughs> I will write down, went to this tree <laughs> and I will put it down. I will bring up <laughs> my map and I will, I will unfurl the map and I will kind of, I don't know if I can, but I'll mark like a little mark okay. next to kind of where I think that is. I, mean, I think this will work and I'll leave my papers there for if anyone comes out. There, now they know. And I wrote down that we're at a tree and it's marked on the map. 
So whoever comes out, they'll be able to find us if we're not back by this. Okay. We can just go for a little bit and then we'll come right back. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. Okay. And I will head towards that tree. Okay. Um, only takes you a couple minutes. You get there. Uh, see how cool this looks? It's so much better than that moldy hut. I mean, nice. kind of sandy. And you said it hangs over? Yeah, it hangs over the water. I would like to climb the tree and try and get to the part where it's hanging over and kind of sit there. Would I be able to? Sure. Does it look like it's sit? Yeah, yeah. It looks like a sturdy tree that has been there for hundreds, if cool. not thousands of years. Then I will I will climb if I can and, and try and position myself on the part that's hanging over the, the water. And I will pull my book out and uh, start looking over things um, and land on a few descriptions that I've looked at in the past and I've kind of been focusing my energy when I've been sitting down to study. And uh, um, I'd like to attempt to do some, some casting. So I, I look at one that looks similar to a spell that I already know, um, but just like a smaller version of it. And I, I rub my fingers together and the uh, abjuration sigil kind of glows very briefly. And um, similar to shield, I will raise my hand up really quick, um, quicker than normal and um, giving it less time to uh, procure the magic. Um, and uh, uh, the, the shimmer of the abjuration glows, but with shield, how it stays for a little bit longer, um, this this energy basically just shows for but a moment and it, and it evaporates into the into the wind um, as I use my ability uh, Arcane Deflection. Oh. What was that? Cool. Oh, that was, I guess, because I know that spell. Oh, oh, um, oh it's kind of just like in a, a way to protect myself. Huh. I figured that might be good depending on where we're going right now. Maybe. I'm taking off my shoes and socks and, and rolling up my pants and putting my feet in the water and okay. I'm walking. I'm, I'm kind of splashing my legs along the shore. Right. Um, and realizing that that was easy, that gives me like this renewed hope of, oh, that, that wasn't too bad. I can, can try another one. And I will flip to uh, another page. Um, and this section of the book is littered with um, the green um, symbols. Um, matching my arm uh, that matched the, the, the tattoo that is new and crawls all the way up my arm and it's in this green ink. Um, and I will go over the book a little bit, read some of the, like I've learned, focus in on every little piece and description because it's important. And uh, I will rub my finger together where the, the green tattoo wraps around my finger. I will rub that together as that that tattoo starts to glow, that green like this dark green and I reach over to my hand where my sword tattoo is as it begins to to, uh, also glow green as if I were summoning my sword but instead of summoning the sword I I spread my hands out and put it on that tattoo and almost pull and as I pull that green glow pulls from the tattoo and almost stretches out and as I do that, my hand feels weak and it freaks me out. I'm like, oh, ah, what was that? And I look through the book a little bit more and, and okay, that, that is supposed to happen. Hey, okay. and I will go back and be like, okay. 
And I will once again rub the finger together, reach over to the tattoo and pull that green energy. And as I do, I kind of wince and I pull it out and I have that glowing green energy in my hand and I just press it to my chest. And as I press it to the chest, it almost envelops and kind of washes over me and, and almost dissipates. But if you're looking close enough, it has like a green, I now have like a green glow um, as I attempt to cast False Life. And I think I roll. Um, <laughs> so I gain uh, essentially five temporary hit points as this green glow um, envelops me. Hey Flynn, did you know you're glowing? Yeah, this is kind of weird. It also hurt. And as I turn back to my hurting, my arm that hurts, uh, it like feels like sore. Um, I kind of shake it a little bit and, and it goes back. It feels better again. It only, it lasts for a moment and then it feels better again. That was weird. My arm hurt when I cast it, but now it's fine. You said I'm glowing? Yeah, you're glowing. Huh. You're green. Huh. Cool. <laughs> and I, uh, I pack my books up and I put them and I leave them on the tree. I take my shoes off and my, my cape. Cannonball! And I'm gonna jump into the water. And with the splash of the cold ocean water shocks your body. <sighs> and as it does in that brief moment, you level up. Yeah! <laughs> Oma, some water splashes on you. <laughs> oh, Flynn! <laughs> and I, um, I create a wave to like crash over him um, <laughs> with shape water. <laughs> All right. Flynn! Is he still glowing? Um, yeah, it lasts for a minute. It, it lasts for lasts for an hour. So yeah, I'm oh, glowing. Yeah. It's so cool. I can see you underwater. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I could see you underwater normally, but now you're glowing yeah. underwater. Yeah. You're like a little lantern. <laughs> that is... Yeah, oh, um, I can do this too. And uh, I'll, as I'm like treading water, I kind of um, raise my hand up like I'm casting uh, Green Flame Blade um, and I, I rub it together, get that that uh, that that, um, that flame. And I, I touch my shoulder pad as I transfer that over and it, it like alights in flame as this shoulder pad is now just kind of glowing with the flame flickering off of it. I can do this too. And I shake my shoulder and I go underwater and it's still light, it's still a light as I like have now glowing on me and then a glowing green shoulder pad. Um, Cause I, I cast light on my shoulder pad too. How about now? Yeah, that's weird. Is it on fire underwater? Yeah, remember magic is cool and confusing. <laughs> fire and water. Okay, magic is cool and mysterious. I mean, you, you probably can, <laughs> you probably can do it too. Put fire and put some fire in the water. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think water kills fire. I will come. Uh, Pretty sure. I will swim up and I uh, can I hop up uh, and sit next to Oma? Yeah. So I will, I will kind of. <gasps> oh, now I'm kind of cold. <sighs> Do you have some of that fire? Fire? Right, right now? I don't know. Yeah. Cold. I, uh, get your cloak. I will. I will stand up and I'll go over and grab my stuff. Um, I will I will come back down and, and sit down and wrap the cloak around. Whew. That's better. I can't just like fire needs wood to burn. I mean, I, you can't. I don't think you can't just make things that don't. It needs fuel. I, 
I do it all the time, and I. Hope but I, I need to dry off and to get warm. Oh. Like it'll just dissipate if it has nothing to feed it. Yeah, it's it's not hot, and I like touch it. You can touch the shoulder; it's not. I know, hot. but my fire is hot, and oh. it will burn. Okay, well that's kind of what I want. I'm cold. Okay, but it will hurt you if I don't have something to put it on. <laughs> uh, I right. can't just throw <laughs> fire on you. Flynn, as you are arguing with Olma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Olma, you, Olma, there's nothing really even for you to notice here. But Flynn, as you're arguing with Olma, for one of the first times that you've known Olma, um, you are not in immediate danger. There's not anything you need to go and kill. There is no evil that needs to be stopped. You, for the first time since you met her, um, see a kid playing at the beach. Yeah. Aww. And with that, Oma, you level up. <laughs> um, Most wholesome level up. <laughs> always, for, like, yeah. always wholesome. And with that, boom, Kellick, you apparate back into Saddle Mount. Oh, I, I just shuffle my shoulders a little bit. Never get used to teleporting. Uh, and I just look to see that uh, Flynn and Omar are no longer here. See a little map with a mark <laughs> on it. I don't even take a second <laughs> look at it. Um, and I move, I move out through the through the hut. Careful to close the door behind me so that it okay. turns invisible, in case that matters. I, I shrug after I do it. And I would like to proceed to uh, the Temple of Famir in this town in Saddle Mount. Okay. The Temple of Famir. Um, you had seen sort of just in passing, you hadn't even really taken too much of a mental note of it before, um, but you had seen um, the tallest building in Saddlemount um, just sort of shared some passing resemblance to some of the ar- architecture that you had seen previously in Temples to Famir. Um, so you think that that might be a good place to start. Okay. And as you are walking through town, um, you're seeing all of these vendors, you're seeing homes, you're seeing shops, um, and you're just seeing people going about town. Um, and when you get to this building, the tallest building in town, you look at it and now you can see the entirety of it as now you can see fully the architecture that is synonymous with Famir. Windows just about everywhere that you can put a window, flushing this building with as much light as possible. Um, And then at the very top, you see um, these long metal copper rods. Um, Some of them have uh, these copper balls at the end of them. Some of them are sort of pointed into arrows, all of them sort of facing in different directions, um, all, all sort of circling around and you see some gears sort of at the center. And you know from your experience, you've seen a couple of these before, this is a sort of star tracker. Mm -hmm. You know that these gears and this mechanism in the base um, turn and turn imperceptibly on a day-to-day basis, but turn ever so slowly so that each of these metal rods is tracking a constellation or tracking a star. Mm -hmm. And as you approach the building, what are you doing? Um, is this a a multi-chambered building, or is this more of the of an open floor 
I know from different towns, different sized towns, they have different versions of this, some more complex than others. I'd like um, to assess that. It, it seems to be one main building okay. with a, a very large footprint in this town. Mm. And it seems to be one massive room. Um, but you do see on the sides of it, um, uh, like smaller rooms sort of attached on the outside, probably like the private quarters of the, the Ka'oms and the Ka'as. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, but th- the main portion of it is just this one room. Okay. Um, I will look for, um, if there is one available, uh, at one of the, uh, altars that I've, uh, known to exist in places like this, if there's a, a vacant one. For sure. Um, yeah, you look around and you can see that some of the, the altars are what you're familiar with. And then you see that there are four of them um, towards the front. Mm-hmm. And you can see, you look up first at the ceiling and you see that there are these panes of glass, almost like mirrors. And you can see that they're very slightly open, letting in some of the air. And you can see mechanical devices on either side, slowly turning them. So that the light that comes in creates a direct beam down and into this pool of uh, this pool probably only about a foot and a half in diameter of water and that is glowing the water there you can see this this beam of light perfectly deflecting into the water mm-hmm. and as the sun passes overhead you know that these gears change the angle of this mirror so that it constantly pours light into this water okay there are okay. four of them at the front okay um and how occupied is this temple uh, at this hour? Or... At the moment, looking around, um, you see that there is uh, what looks like um, a kaji, two kajis, I'm sorry, in the corner, mm-hmm. um, sort of discussing. You see that they have a, a book open, possibly discussing literature. Mm-hmm. Um, you see uh, what appears to be an older human woman um, kneeling down at one of these pools of water. And then you also look in, you see um, what from your best guess, looks like a teacher and a group of students. And very quietly, the teacher is seems to be teaching on the history of um, the, the religion of the old gods mm-hmm. in this area. Okay. I will, um, my arm quivering, steal myself and force it, force my arm down at my side, take a deep breath in, I will walk into the temple and I will go to the altar furthest from the one that is currently occupied. Um, Not quietly, but just as though I belong there, um, stride up to this altar. And am I unaccosted as I do that? Yes, you can walk right up. Okay. Um, As I do, I uh, hold my, my... I, I, I kneel in front of the pool of water and I hold my shaking hand in front of me and I look forward to the stonework um, to whatever the most shadowed area of the stonework is and I just say yeah we don't like <laughs> we don't like water much do we don't worry being exposed to things. That's how we come to grow. And you might think you're done, Zachary. But neither of us are done growing. 
So go with me here. And I look down into the, uh, this lit, glowing pool of water, and I pull from my pocket my symbol of Famir, and I gingerly drop it into the pool um, so that it might land in the center of the water and allow for that, um, the distance, the depth of the pool to cause the image of the three rings to grow in, in my perception of it. So it meets my gaze and, and it is now the, the actual, uh, from what any onlooker might see in this pool of water, the size of the symbol has grown a great deal from the way that the water displaces the image. And now I look, not directly up toward the, the, the coming in light, but, but just, just short of it. And I, um, without having to look back down at the symbol, trace these newly uh, enlarged rings with my, with my fingers. And I say, I observe the sun, the lady's glory, undoer of darkness, deathless beacon of hope. Await the stars, souls of light, welcomed by the night sky. I hope for the moon, envoy of the sun's light, that those souls might bask in a softer glow. May my eyes reflect this light that I behold, that it may shine on others. And now, I tighten my fist and I close my eyes. Famir, I'd like to speak to you directly. You'll have to bear me a reverence for a spell. When you left me at Coldcrest, I believed you dead. But since then, I've witnessed your magic felt your presence and spoke to a god who told me that ye yet live and I just turn my head as though to acknowledge the woman adjacent to me I thought once to be your vessel your triumphant champion spread in your grace your love to a world that needed correction I did a lot of good under your glow even spread my particular passion to others to carry it on. But when you left me to rot, when Malcolm threw me from the consular chamber, I racked my brain from the madness of it. Had you died, had I died, was I delusional? Had you gone insane under the pressure of this long war? Was it merely chance? that he severed our connection when I needed you most. That's what still burns me. I gave me life to you, and you abandoned me the one time I asked for anything in return. And moreover, with the explicit purpose to punish the one who plucked the star from your sky. I'm trying to convince Zachriel, and I, I look again toward the darkness in the stone wall as though looking at Zachary's face that the path to choice and choosing needed to be strewn with blood but he's blinded by his purpose did you abandon him too I wonder 
for him to resent you so effortlessly. Sorry, I'll, I'll get to the point. You're as mortal in your vulnerabilities as I've come to know. And you must too be capable of mortal forgiveness, mortal empathy, and, and I look down at the basin of water, reflection. For fuck's sake, you're the goddess of light. A thing that by definition is bouncing around the cosmos and back upon itself. These red wolf fanatics would like to point to this war as a demonstration of your incompetence. Not only can you not save them from the other side, but your petty, pathetic charlatans that thought you could keep the pace between hundreds of thousands of people forever. That you failed. And that you were destined to. But you haven't failed. And I look back up toward the sky. Not yet. Darkness is not the absence of light, but the distance between two beacons of it. Zachary says that not only do we have a choice, and I look back toward the stone, but that we must choose. And I, now I'm sort of almost like I'm counseling these two in their relationship, looking back between the two of them. And he's right. But he's missed something gravely important. The choice is not between two sets of bloody deities. The choice is between malice and compassion, selfishness and fellowship, apathy and vulnerability. The choice is between walking the path of least resistance, watching the world burn, profiting off the pain of others, or taking up arms and choosing to fight, to repair it, to suffer, to repair it, to risk everything to repair it. And it's a choice we must make again and again. And at this, I shake in fear, looking down at the basin of water, and I hold my hand above it. I am Kelexazed, and I am an agent of repair. You see it. You both see it. I know you see it. You must make me the champion that you know me to be. Make me a walking reminder that no chasm is too wide to bridge, no wound too bloody to heal, no war too prolonged to pacify. And I plunge my hand into this water, my burnt hand of Zachariel, to once again grab hold of this symbol in the scar that it fits directly into. Make me the champion of Zachriel and Vamir, the champion of both gods! NDM? Yeah? I'll leave it to you. What happens now? <laughs> okay. I'm going to have you roll. 8d10. Okay. Okay. What the heck <laughs> is going on? Load me up with some d10, fam. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we have no idea what's going to be. What do you think is going on right now? <sighs> what have I done? All right. 
Good. Should I add these? Well, we don't know if high or low is good. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't, don't actually. We okay. do not know. Yeah, just add them up and let me know. Uh, I'm okay. nervous for you. I'll help 11, you. Here, I, I'll put. Okay, 11. 12. Uh, <laughs> 14. 20. 27. If this was a fireball, that probably wouldn't be that great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 27. What's 27 doubled? 40, 54? 54. 54. 54. Kellick. Okay. As your hand plunges into the water mm-hmm. and the water splashes up onto your arm, mm-hmm. you take 54 points okay. of radiant damage. Okay. <gasps> Yay. As the water drips from your arm, so too drips the ashes. So too what? drips the, the, the flesh that was raw and open. And as the water drips, it drips down revealing a perfectly healed arm. And as you're looking at your arm and sort of contemplating what you've just done, (laughs) you sort of look around for a moment in shock and you see that the two Kaji are now looking at you. You see that the old woman who was praying at her altar um, is now looking over at you in sort of surprise. You can see that the the class who is here and the teacher have fallen completely silent and are staring at you just in, in utter shock. <laughs> the teacher sort of grabs her students and ushers them away, clearing them out. And the two Kaji look at each other, sort of close the book and walk out old lady stands up. She walks over to you and she kneels down next to you. And she looks over at you. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you when you needed me. <gasps> what? What? Uh, no, no. What? I wasn't there. And I'd like to make excuses for it, but I just can't. As you can now see the gray hair coming down from her face, much grayer and much older than the face that it frames. And you can just see at the ends of her hair, you can tell what once was black hair these little ends. It's, uh... It's, it's all right. I... I... I understand it. It, 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 it must be hard. I'm so sorry. I... She sort of goes and puts her hand on your back. I'm I'm trying to do the the right thing. And I I don't know if you know what that is either. So, but but I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever's got to be done for me, I'll do it. 
and you, I promise this world, this world to be better for it, and you'll be, you'll be proud of me. Yeah, look, I'm already proud of you. <laughs> and I know I've made mistakes, but I think I can hopefully take a step in the right direction right now. And she reaches her hand out for your hand. And I look down at this alien feature I've reacquired. And I and I tremulously put it in her her hand. And she sort of grasps it, putting her other hand over your hand. And she closes her eyes. She just sits there in silence for a moment. And very gently under her breath goes. Deal. As your hand begins to burn once more, and embers begin to wrap around your arm, you begin to feel your flesh twinge and tingle as once again the flesh and the pain of it removes the skin and, and bubbles and boils and blisters your arm. And you look back up and she is no longer there. And, uh, oh, and, and you are sitting there in an empty temple as you level up. Hey. hey. That's did nice. Did make a deal with each other? <laughs> or did they... It kind of sounds Did like they, she was not saying deal to Kind of <laughs> questions. <laughs> Many a question do I have? I just, I just, uh, my my eyes dart around the room with with a a hint of confidence and a overwhelming amount of of uh of being overwhelmed. <laughs> okay. With that, we are going to move back into Hayfried's Void as Shreya, Seeker, and Thessaly are finishing up everything that they're doing. Thessaly, could you do that again with those wings? That was really amazing. (laughs) The wings. And and, and, wait, Seeker, that thing you were doing before, could you do that now? At the same time? Coming into the void, you see Timmy. Walking into the void. Me. Oh, hey guys. Uh, Hi. Hey, Freed. There's like, there's a lot of birds outside. They're all just flying around. Bird. I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. What do they look like? Well, there was a lot of crows, and I think I saw an owl. I dashed for an owl. I think I saw an owl. I run. Which oh. I thought was weird because there's, and as you guys run. <laughs> <laughs> I give Timmy a pat on the head as we run past. <laughs> And um, you all run outside um, and you see, uh, the first thing that you see is crows littering the sky above you. Um, As just in the middle of it, you see one owl flying circles in the middle. What are y'all doing? Well, I I think yours has something to do with this. I point up at, at, I don't know these other birds. Uh, that that is yeah, yes, that's Eldra. Yes. That's Eldra, that's yours. I uh, I'm gonna look for I'm gonna s- try to seek out that leader of the crows that I was talking to previously. Okay. Oh snap. A while as ago. You, <laughs> as you look around, um I'm gonna have you make a perception check for me. Ah! 
Yeah, 23. 23, nice. Um, you're looking around and pretty soon you find the crow that you had spoken with. But looking around the rest of them, you notice something a little bit different than when you saw the crows last. They almost begin to shimmer and sparkle. You can still see the black feathers of them, but every once in a while you get just a, a hint of a, a sparkle within them as you pinpoint the the leader of the crows. Uh, I bring my crystal staff to my mouth uh, and it outlines uh, my beak and uh, I cast, uh, my forehead glows and I cast uh, Speak With Animals as I point at this leader of the crows. Okay. I, and I just drop my beak and I say, well. As you can see, he's sort of doing circles in the sky. He hears this. He looks down, swoops down, and sort of lands on the ground. As he swoops down uh, in front of me, I say, Were your travels fruitful? Hey, my friend, it's good to see you again. <laughs> it's good to see you too. Hey. I forgot. I forgot. Yes. 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 He's like, it's just real Italian. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we weren't here for it. I forgot they were mob. I forgot they were mob crows. <laughs> Love it. A murder of crows. I would say. A murder of crows. Hey, it's a murder of crows. <laughs> I would say our uh, our adventure was it was very fruitful. I would say. Uh, I would say it's it's a little bit better than what we were expecting, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we all got check this out, and he sh- sort of shakes a little bit, and you can see just in between the feathers, like these these tiny pinpoint shards of crystal. Um, some of them have a bluish hue, some of them green, some of them pink. Oh, you seem to have glowed yourselves up quite a bit. Hey, I look pretty good, don't I? That's <laughs> uh. It's impressive, and I'm half a little bit jealous, but also <laughs> a little impressed. Yeah, uh, very. I mean, impressive. getting to the point. I mean, uh, yeah, man, things are kind of going to shit up there. I mean, I, there's really no way around it. How? Well, from what we could see, there was uh, this group of dwarves that they were going up, and uh, they seemed to be wearing that uh, that military sort of uniform that uh, that we've been seeing a lot. Caldurians. They're called the Caldurian army. From yeah, what it, was, I'm told. it was that one. Uh, yes, a bunch of dwarves. They were uh, they were carrying a bunch of uh, like military equipment up there, and uh, it seemed like uh, your people up there, the the ones that you were calling your family, were uh, they seemed to be getting themselves ready for war. But man, if you ask me, there's just not enough of them, and the tools that they've got at their disposal are not going to be enough. How on earth did you fly back with these sort of adornments after seeing that kind of hellscape? Well, I mean, you get up there and, you know, it's a pretty treacherous flight. You gotta take a bit of a nap every once in a while, so we decided to stay in this one cave, and wouldn't you know it, a bunch of crystals in the cave, and we thought we should start breaking these apart and make ourselves look real nice. I have been in that very cave. I know why now you look the way you do. And I am even more jealous than I was before. <laughs> and I will come right out and you say want that. Some? We, got, we got plenty. And he sort of shakes again and a couple of things of crystal fall out. Oh. oh and I, uh, I bring... Uh, hey, boys! And circling up above these, these crows, all of them sort of like, each of them takes their turn to shudder as all, uh, as... 
these bits of crystal all fall into this pile. <laughs> I uh, hesitantly walk toward it. I shut my eyes and the image of, of my former family I f- uh, fills my mind as I feel a sense of both resentment and sadness. I open my eyes again. Well, the only way, the only way that we can help others is, is to become more helpful ourselves, I suppose. As I as I walk toward the crystals and, and uh, kneel down by them and stare into them. And, and as you kneel down and as you stare into them, they almost sort of fuse together, joining, combining. And you just see the hint of a face. And that is where we're going to end this (laughs) We are going to call it right there. Thank you all so much for listening. And we can't wait to see you all again next week. Bye, nerds. Bye. Bye, nerds. Hey, nerds. Make sure you like and subscribe everywhere. And be sure that you share because sharing is caring and it's really helpful. Later, nerds. (laughs) 